to this day that that makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up because because that that moment literally that that exact moment was when in my mind it shifted from this side thing that I was doing to well you know this this guy wants to put in money and I won't say amounts but he wasn't just talking a few thousand dollars either from grindstone this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we have from the man who was revolutionizing cattle ranching, Vishal Singh. If you said 50 years ago that one day cows would wear computers that monitor their health, people would think that you were crazy. Well, that's exactly what Vishal Singh is doing with his massively successful ag tech startup, Quantified Ag. It was a long road that led Vishal to Quantified Ag, and it starts when he and his family moved from New Delhi, India to Nebraska at the age of eight. So JT, I was born in uh, India, and uh, we moved to Nebraska. Did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up back then? I'm sure you didn't imagine that you would be working in ag tech. No, I I didn't. Actually, you know, as a little kid, I don't know if I knew if I ever really thought that seriously about that type of stuff. Um, but definitely as I got older and uh, when I was in high school, especially, uh, you know, when you live in rural Nebraska, most of your friends uh, grow up in ag operations and uh, the thing I always used to hear from a lot of my friends was, you know, how much it sucked to wake up early to do chores and all that type of stuff. So I, I just, you know, in my mind, I always knew that I didn't want to do anything in agriculture. <laughs> that was my one determination was, <laughs> nope, not going to work in agriculture. And uh, my interests were more in, in the areas of design and technology, those types of things. So Vishal makes up his mind that he will never work on a farm, and he starts his college education with an engineering major before switching to the visual calm graphic design program at UNK to pursue his love for art. Out of college, he began working in the early days of web design at Sand Hill Publishing, but he couldn't find much inspiration working in this big corporate environment. So he started looking elsewhere and happened to stumble upon a perfect opportunity. I found this uh, job listing for a uh, web designer job and it was talking about doing a lot of uh, you know interactive media that type of thing and I was like oh that sounds interesting so I went to interview for that job and you know I'm interviewing for that job and I'm showing them my portfolio and the guy was like hey you know rather than this job this web designer job we might be interested in hiring you for a different job. And uh, I was like, okay, what's that about then? So he walked me around to this other part of the, the building and we walked through this dark area and then back to this back area that was even bigger. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, it was really interesting because he, he showed me the other part of the company was a video game company. And uh, they hired me as a concept artist, and I completely stumbled upon it by 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 chance, actually. 
uh, that was a great experience. And actually that was my, that was my first experience working for a startup. And um, eventually, you know, that, that game was going to be, the game work was going to be wrapping up. So it was like, oh, you know, I should probably start looking for something else. So uh, I ended up applying for more jobs. And then uh, I heard back from a application I put in at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. The only problem was, was that um, this one interview was uh, in the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources. And uh, if you remember, I, I, I had absolutely no goals of ever working in agriculture. So that sounded just awful working for an <laughs> ag department. So I almost, I don't think I, I don't think I really wanted to go to that interview. In fact, I think I, I remember telling my parents that, you know, there was this interview that I had lined up, but I wasn't really sure about it. And they were like, well, just go, you know, just see what, what it's about. So I went and uh, that, I'm so glad I did because that ended up being way different than what I imagined. And uh, what this little department did was they worked on technology projects. And uh, one of the projects that I got put on was this, uh, yeah, this project where I was working with uh, the animal science department, some professors there that were trying to um, help students who had a very difficult time visualizing animal anatomy. So um, because I had this interest in 3D graphics, uh, what I approached that professor with was, hey, look, rather than just taking pictures, why don't we try to uh, recreate this in, in 3D, kind of like a video game? Uh, so that way they can really interact with it and they can see exactly, you know, how the muscles overlay, overlay on top of the skeleton, and they can link it back to the database of information just like you wanted to. And, uh, you know, I think at first he was skeptical, like he wasn't really sure if that would work. Um, but he, he kind of went along with it. And so I called um, uh, the hospital here in Lincoln and I asked them, hey, I know you guys have um, a CT scanner. Would you let me come in and do some CT scans? And they're, they were, they were kind of like, why? <laughs> Why would you want to come into the hospital and use our CT scanner? So I explained to them what I was trying to do. And they're like, okay, I guess you could come off, you know, some off hours. So what we ended up doing was this professor took some beef cuts, like you would buy like in a store or something, you know, chunks of beef basically. And we took them to the hospital and we had them run those cuts through CT scanners and they would do their medical scans. I would get the data off of that. And that's how I kind of built the proof of concept of that. And then, you know, after he, they were able to see, oh, I see, so this can actually work. You know, it kind of took off from there and we did the whole thing. Was that sort of a big stepping stone for you then? It was, it was one of the, I mean, I got to work on a variety of projects. You know, some of the projects I worked on were not even related to this type of thing, but um, that project definitely got a lot of attention. A lot of people um, in other states, uh, their cattlemen groups wanted to see this, you know, how this worked and they wanted to implement this in training um, purposes or through the industry. So, yeah, so it ended up being a really cool thing because I, you know, definitely I, I wouldn't have imagined that I would 
uh, work in a meat science project no. No. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, have a lot of people become interested in it, uh, was, was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and so now at this point, your, your feet are firmly planted in ag tech. I was working in agriculture, whether I wanted it or not, basically. <laughs> you were stuck. <laughs> but it didn't feel like I was stuck because uh, I was working on stuff that I was interested in. It just so happened that the topics that I was applying those to were in agriculture. So Vishal uses his knowledge of graphic design and video game animation to turn this 3D cattle anatomy project into a huge success. Now that he had made a name for himself in the industry, Vishal started to look around at other innovations that could be applied to the cattle industry. He joins the Endmotion Accelerator program where the director at the time, Brian Ardinger, suggests that he conduct market interviews of 50 potential customers in the cattle industry to make sure that he was tackling the right issues and find market validation. So that's what he did. Vishal starts to work his Nebraska network. I just, uh, you know, whether it was people I already knew or asking for contacts from other people, I got, you know, a bunch of connections that way. And I interviewed a lot of people in the cattle industry. And I just asked them these questions about, you know, pain points, you know, like what are some of the difficult things that they experience? And they were, you know, the things that they were telling me back were for sure this whole problem around uh, identifying sick animals was a big, big problem in the industry. Um, so it validated that. Next, uh, you know, they validated that they were trying to solve this problem, you know, with various uh, other techniques, but, you know, those other techniques were really not that successful. They usually go on horseback into all these pens of cattle and they have to, um, just by l- visually scanning over hundreds of animals, uh, which means that they're only s- spending maybe a split second on each animal, they have to pick out which animals look like they might be sick. Because they're limping or because they're drooling? Well, or... y- you would think, yes, mm. you would think. But actually, as I talked to cattle producers, one of the things that I learned from this uh, cattle producer that I interviewed he told me was is that actually um, the reason why pen writers can't pick out these sick animals very well is because uh, the animals are are hiding their symptoms. And I was like, "What do you mean hiding their symptoms? Like I, I never, I had never even heard of such a concept." And uh, we, you know, we had a really good conversation around it. And what it what turned out is is that um, you know cattle. Uh, think of us you know as predators and so you know if you think about it an animal in the wild will try to hide its symptoms from its predator from the predators that it has so it doesn't get singled out so it doesn't get singled out and attacked so the same thing happens in the cattle industry so the end result is people can't actually pick out sick animals until they're really sick um, and so early detection of illness becomes so important. Um, and so that's where it uh, transformed into putting sensors on the on the animals to pick out uh, symptoms of illness. Like a Fitbit. Kind of like a Fitbit, yeah. Hey, Nebraskans, have you ever considered starting a podcast for your business? Well, here are the top three reasons that you should. Number one, become an authority figure. Podcasting shows that you've put in the time to do your research and that you want to share it with the world. It gives you a platform. Number two, 
create a strong company culture and identity. Podcasts are a window into what you're up to and the people behind the scenes. And number three, they're easy to create. Producing a podcast with Grindstone is as easy as showing up and just talking. Grindstone takes out all the dirty work of production and distribution and gives you more time to create. Go to grindstoneagency.com to learn more about getting started in podcasting. When you first called these ranchers just to ask them about these problems, mm-hmm. what, what was their initial response? Were they like, you know, some scientist is going to try to come <laughs> down here and change the way we do things? So uh, when I was doing those customer interviews, there were uh, most of the people uh, that I talked to understood that this was a problem area. And it was a problem area that was kind of, uh, you know, ripe for somebody coming up with something new but at the same time there was definitely a few people that I talked to where you know they were uh, their thinking was completely different in the sense that they were the paranoid uh, oh I, I don't want you know the government black helicopters flying over my uh, cattle operation knowing exactly what I'm doing so it kind of ranged from that extreme to a pretty open open-minded extreme and uh, I know the exact moment actually when in my mind this went from um, a thing that I was experimenting with on the side to yes this is this is going to be the thing that I'm going to focus on all the time and that was where I had been working on a really really rough proof of concept Uh, you know it was based on a Texas Instruments board and it would uh, transmit that data in real time to a to a cell phone like an iPhone so I was going around meeting with some of these people to kind of get their reactions to it. And uh, one of those people, he, he's the owner of a, of a pretty, pretty sizable feedlot. Um, he, he was really interested in it. He was like, oh, wow, so you've, you've already got this rough proof of concept that you're working on. So at the end of that conversation, he, um, he had, I didn't ask him. I never asked him. He literally ended that conversation with, so you're going to need money to, to do this, right? And I said, yeah. So he's like, what's your plan there? And I said, well, you know, I've got, I've got this one grant, but I don't know. We'll see. I haven't really figured that out yet. And he literally uh, volunteered to become one of the first investors in the company. Because he believed in it so much. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he saw the progress and he believed in it. So it was like... Um, you know, and to this day, that that makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up because because that that moment, literally that that exact moment, was when in my mind it shifted from this side thing that I was doing to, well, you know, this this guy wants to put in money, and I won't say amounts, but he wasn't just talking a few thousand dollars either; <laughs> he was talking serious amounts of money. So Vishal stumbles across his first major investor before they'd really even started any of the dirty work. They still needed to work with an electrical engineering firm to build the product, and then on the back end, they'd have to build out an entire complex cloud computing platform that would compare the data of the animal against its own data from the past couple of days, but then also against animals in the same pen or lot number, and eventually be able to pick out those outliers. Building the cloud computing system in and of itself was a massive hurdle. And what they didn't know at the time is that there was even another company in Israel 
that was working to solve this same problem, but they had hundreds of employees spread out across multiple countries, and they'd been working on this product for 14 years. Quantified Ag, on the other hand, had two people with a cattle industry background, a few designers, etc. So they definitely had their work cut out for them. After I had those early investors, I, I think I, at that time I thought that I could work with an electrical engineering firm and I could develop the proof of concept. It would take maybe a year and a half, two years at the most. I was thinking more along the lines of a year and a half. And the uh, reality was it ended up being way, way harder than that. Uh, there were so many challenges, actually, and stuff that I would have never thought of going into it. Um, something as simple, seemingly simple as uh, putting a device on the ear of an animal. Oh, my gosh, that ended up being way more difficult than I had ever imagined. So there was challenges around uh, the fit of the of the of the device there was challenges around you know getting the device sealed well enough where it would work in in all sorts of weather these are pretty big challenges um to you know just even something you wouldn't think of but just powering the device that ended up being a challenge in of itself because we tried over the years, we tried a variety of different battery sources and whatnot. So after you tackle all these physical challenges of yeah. batteries and durability, et cetera, what, what was the moment where you're like, hey, you know what? We have something, we're onto something here. This is actually working and this is gonna get off the ground. Yeah, so um, my wife and daughter and I, we were on a short trip out to Colorado and I ended up getting a, a call from from uh, one of my co-founders and he was you know he's really excited because um, we were in the midst of conducting a, a, a re just a research trial what we learned out of that uh, research trial was that there was a lot of potential where uh, the data that we were getting could actually be used in um, other ways than we even imagined it was going to be used so not only could we pick out just sick animals but we could there was there was enough indication there that it could actually be developed far enough where you could uh, tell the differences between types of illnesses also. I think it was just kind of like a realization of, oh wow, you know, there, there's, there's way more to this than what we had even originally thought. Before that trial happened, um, we were being approached by some of the big players in our industry for potential partnerships. Was Merck talking to you at this point? That was, and one of those companies ended up being Merck. And, uh, you know, what... Which is huge. When, which when you hear huge. that they were interested yeah. in you, what did you think? You're like, we just well, started this little project at UNL. It, one of their competitors was also talking with us, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so it was like, okay, you know, when you have people like that talking to you, it's like, okay, there's obviously something here. It was, it was exciting and kind of intimidating at the same time. The first time we fully met their team uh their merck animal health cto uh, along with um four other people they flew to lincoln uh to meet with us and this is a billion dollar company right? yeah yeah <laughs> they ca they came to our offices and uh you know they're 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 checking out what we're doing you know we're showing it to them so uh, yeah so it was 
like I said, it was uh, exciting and uh, intimidating both. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably a big deal for, because you were working in Nebraska Innovation Campus at yes. the time, right? Yep. It's probably a big deal to have some Merck Animal Health you know, executives flying in from New Jersey or wherever to Well, to I don't think we told you. anybody. Actually. <laughs> so we just had this meeting because our offices were kind of uh, back in uh, the far corner of the food science building. So we kind of were a little off on our own space anyway. And so and we, we don't typically necessarily talk about what we're doing at the current time. So, yeah, they, you know, those people came out and they met with us and, um, you know, we, and the rest is history. The rest is history, I guess. <laughs> so in April of 2018, Merck Animal Health, which is a multi-billion dollar corporation, takes interest in quantified ag, and they agree to help them with testing and proving out the technology with the intention of possibly one day acquiring them. And that's just what happened. In June 2020, Merck acquired quantified ag for an undisclosed but substantial amount, and the deal was done. It was a huge validation for the local Nebraska ecosystem, along with Enmotion, Invest Nebraska, and the Nebraska Innovation Fund, all of which had invested early and helped Quantified Ag grow. You remember the, the celebration that you and your team had, the moment that, that you found out that this deal was going to go through? So uh, the day the money really did hit the bank was the was the day of kind of the celebration but it was a weird surreal day though because uh i knew that it was going to happen the next day um that it was really going to close everything was going to be signed off on and all that so i could not sleep the night before like i was because i was so like wound up about it i couldn't sleep so all night i'd just been laying there and i couldn't i was so tired the next day that morning we, we had our meetings, uh, everything got signed off on, it was done. Uh, later that morning, um, literally the, the fund flow started happening, you know, investors and other people started receiving um, their payout. And, uh, you know, I could see that that was going on. So that was like the, the moment it was like, <sighs> it's done. I don't know, it, it was, uh, um, Kind of anticlimactic too at the same time because you know we've been building up to it for months and uh and now all of a sudden it was done and so uh, i didn't really know what to do with myself at the at the same time so i i think what i i i, I tried to go take a nap because i was so tired but i wasn't the kind of tired where i could fall asleep because i was too excited so i, I couldn't sleep so now i was I was like, oh, I gotta do something that, that just kind of gets this energy out. So I went for a really long bike ride and uh, I ended up going for a really long bike ride and a lot of hills and whatnot. It just kind of wore out the energy. And I came back and then I was tired enough where I actually fell asleep for a while. That's great. <laughs> and Twitter's probably blowing up and yeah, everyone's congratulating, congratulating you and you yep. just have to turn off the phone and go to sleep. I did actually, that's exactly right. I, In fact, I did that for probably uh, the next day. I didn't really, uh, do much on social media about it necessarily. Do you have any just good words about Nebraska or for Nebraska about what they meant to quantify ag? Sure, yeah. You know, just um, what I found was whether it was people in our industry or people not in our industry, um, 
you know, if you can just call up people and people are willing to help you. Um, I don't know, maybe that exists elsewhere also. I've never, I've never tried to create a startup outside of Nebraska, so I wouldn't know, but I can say that here, uh, it was very easy to do that. Today, Vishal continues to help with the acquisition transition and is looking forward to the day he can start his next endeavor. Much of the proceeds of the sale of Quantified Ag have gone towards funding a whole new batch of startups in Nebraska that hope to follow a similar path to success. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. A lot of people have asked me about what I do next, and I have absolutely no idea. I'm, I might just go on a startup break. <laughs> like, I, I probably won't do anything to do with startups. Like, stop doing all podcasts all... after this one. This is <laughs> yes, your last must, one. This is the last, <laughs> this is the last podcast, yes. Yes.